from the Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of March 8, 2015. March certainly came in like a lion here in Kentucky. On March 4 and 5, Louisville received 11.9 inches of heavy, wet snow, the second largest snowfall for us ever in March. But we were fortunate because Lexington, just about 80 miles away, received 17 inches of snow, and near Fort Knox, 25 inches was recorded, the largest snowfall ever in Kentucky. Just about everything was shut down for a couple of days, including Interstate 65 south of Louisville. Over 200 semis were stuck in the ice and snow on that road alone. But in Kentucky, if you don't like the weather, just wait around a little bit and it will change. Yesterday, March 7, temperatures were in the 40s and 50s, and now you can see some grass in my front yard. We have a packed magazine for you this week. On page 2, Debbie Grubb from Florida chair of the ACB Special Education Task Force, previews an outstanding webinar coming up at the end of March. Anyone interested in the education of blind children will want to participate in this free event. It's available via your computer and perhaps by your telephone. Two weeks ago, we shared excerpts from KCB's second newsletter, published in December 1974 as part of our 50th anniversary celebration. This week on page 3, you'll hear a roundup of our first convention, held in July of 1974 at the old Watterson Hotel here in Louisville. Remember that our name then was the Associated Blind of Kentucky, ABK. Last week we shared the program schedule for ACB Radio Mainstream and Treasure Trove. Since many of our listeners may not be aware of all of the great programming available via telephone and the Internet. This week we share schedule and program info about ACB Radio's channels 2, 4, 5, and 6, ACB Cafe, ACB Interactive, World News and Information, and Live Event. And on page 5 is the Sound Prince Calendar. Page 2. I'm speaking with Debbie Grubb, who is chair of the ACB Education Task Force. They're putting on a webinar at the end of March about the education of blind children, and it is going to be a really, really interesting event. It's going to have a lot of great speakers, and Debbie is with us to give us a sneak preview into this webinar. So welcome, Debbie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I love the program, Sound Prince. I listen to it from time to time, and it's an honor to be on the show, and it is a especially thrilling for me because this is a first for um, the ACB Special Education Task Force, and the reception of this webinar has been phenomenal. And in just a moment, it's going to be my honor to tell you a little bit about it, but I want to give you um, a little history about why we decided to do this. The ACB Special Education Task Force came into being because it's founding voice, Ray Campbell, and other people who believe just as strongly in the necessity of schools for the blind to maintain a good educational level baseline and integrity for um, people who are, for people who are um, 
blind and visually impaired, decided that we needed to have a task force that was catered to this laudable end. And as time went on, uh, Ray moved on to other things and became, um, you know, the secretary of ACB. And um, little did I know, I was hoping I would be asked to join the task force, but little did I know, I would be asked to chair it. And one of the things we started out doing was setting up goals for what this task force should do over the next year or two. And our target level for these goals would be not things that sound beautiful and we'd like to be able to do if we had all the money in the world and all of that kind of things, but goals that were that were readily achievable here and now today. And so as we began discussing the goals for this very necessary task force, we decided that we as individuals in ACB could not travel all over the country and speak at, um, at seminars and speak with educational leaders throughout all of the states in this country. And we decided that we really needed, first of all, to plug in as many affiliates as we could into whatever it is we were going to decide to do. And the next thing we decided was that we had to begin the process of equipping others to do what we know needs to happen for children, in whether they attend schools for the blind or whether they attend public schools. So we decided that the first thing we would do is set up a webinar that would equip anyone who is interested in education for children who are blind and visually impaired to come to. And so our target audience is anyone who advocates or wishes to advocate for our precious resource, blind children. And so we began to decide, okay, our target audience will be then, obviously, educators, both those steeped in a knowledge of education for blind children and those, hopefully, who are working in the public school setting and maybe don't have much of a clue about educating these these precious children in their school system. And, of course, we wanted to incorporate parents and relatives and caring people. And so we decided that that is exactly what we were going to do. And our next was then to say, okay, what components do we want to cover in this webinar? And so we began to discuss what were the key principles that those advocating on behalf of blind children would need to know or need to to have better knowledge of in terms of how they themselves can educate on behalf of a blind child, whether they live in in a big state such as New York or California that has lots of programs for people who are blind and visually impaired and their children, or in small rural towns. And so we have wonderful people on our task force who are totally committed to this and have a great knowledge about it. And so what we then decided to do was join in coalition with the ACB um, Advocacy Committee, because after all, what we were trying to do is enable people to better advocate 
on behalf of blind children. And so I contacted the chair of that committee, Jeff Tom, and we then, who was delighted to join us, and of course, Eric Bridges and Melanie Brunson from the National Office has been involved in this every step of the way. So we have total buy-in from ACB, which is very exciting to us. And so we began to decide to put together a work group from members of these committees. And both Eric and Melanie served on this work group. And we have on the Special Education Task Force a representative from the Coalition of Schools for the Blind. And this year it happens to be uh, Jim Durst, who is the superintendent of School for the Blind in Indiana. And so he is on our task force. Lori Scharf, who is um, a licensed social worker in New York State and also presides over the American Council of the Blind of New York. We have Mark Reichert, of course, Jeff Tom, um, Melanie, uh, Eric, and Mark Reichert. And so we are, who works, of course, for AFB and everyone in ACB knows. And so we began to decide what components did we want to have in this webinar. And so we decided that, first of all, we needed to clarify what were the requirements and education of special education. And so we decided that we needed to talk about the procedures and the important steps and rights of special education. And so we asked Mark Reichert, who, um, again, is on our work group, to lead that presentation in our webinar. Then we decide, uh, decided that um, we, we also needed to have an idea of how educators could get to know the parents' baseline attitudes and knowledge, because one of the most important aspects of advocating on behalf of blind children is to equip parents. And, you know, because of, of the luck of the draw and the throw of the dice and how we're born, we have parents of all different abilities. Some are outgoing and would do move heaven and earth for their children, and others are more um, timid or are not quite sure what they needed to, to do or to know or what they have the right to expect. And so we wanted to equip educators to, through discussion and working with parents, to guide them and make them know that it's really okay to expect certain things and to ask certain questions and that parents are the best advocates for blind children other than blind children themselves as, as they grow older and they grow into this realm. And so Lori Scharf, who is a social worker and who knows a great deal about this, has um, been asked and has accepted to take the lead on this particular component of our, um, of our webinar. And then we decided that we had to, we had to explain and, and expound a bit upon distinguishing a functional visual assessment and a learning media assessment. Um, and we, we realized that, number one, how children learn in general is important, and then what tools they use to best learn. And so we wanted 
educators especially to understand the differences between the two. And we are very excited um, about this particular um, this particular component because presenting for us is Kim Avila, and she is the acting coordinator um, of the Virginia Consortium for Teachers of, and Preparation in um, Visual Impairment, and she works at George Mason University. And so she is steeped in this because she is an educator of vision teachers. So I think you can begin to see the caliber of people that we are bringing to this webinar. And then we decided that we had to define reasonable expectations regarding the child's education, what services and um, to expect. And this is really geared to parents, but of course, we understand that educators, especially those in the field who don't have a great deal of knowledge on this, have to know what are the services that are um, what are the services that are available to children, and and what what should parents expect? What should educators expect of themselves as they begin the process of working out ways to educate our children who are blind and visually impaired? And we are delighted to have Sharon Sachs with us, who is now the superintendent of the California School for the Blind. And we thought, who better to discuss this particular component? And then we are also going to be discussing integration of services to cover the um, entirety of the needs of child with multiple disabilities. Because as we all know, many children born today um, have multiple disabilities. Many babies who 20 or 30 years ago would have died are alive, and it is our need, our obligation to educate these, these children as best as we possibly can. And so we have invited Clara Berg, who is an advocate for the New York uh, State Deaf, um, Deaf Technical Assistance Program, project. So we are extremely happy to have someone. She is a parent of a child who is deafblind, and so we feel who better to, um, to do this. And then, of course, comes a time when you have to go to the wall on something, when you're not, um, when you're not getting what you need, and how to, how to ensure that you do. And so we decided we had to talk to people, both educators and um, informal advocates and parents about when to request and when to demand and how to do both uh, in terms of negotiating obstacles in our children's education. And so we have invited um, Robert Burrell, who is an attorney out in California for um, Dredis. And so we are um, extremely excited about that. And um, we're going to be meeting with him next week, Jeff, Tom, and I, to discuss in detail the kinds of things that we feel need to be covered if, if, if people find they're not getting the movement that they need in terms of the educational rights and needs of their children. And then we're going to do um, successful advocating with a TBI on behalf of the child. Um, we, we truly believe that... Um, TBIs are one of our greatest um, resources. And, of course, 
we are wanting parents and advocates of all stripes, teachers, to go to the TVI, and we want the TVI to be the, the first resource. And we have invited Kim Avila, who has done one other presentation for us that I, that I commented about earlier, to take this one on as well. And so those are um, the components of the webinar. And, um, Carla, before we talk about the actual platform itself, I was curious to know if you had any clarification questions or anything. I've kind of been rambling on because I'm so excited about this. <laughs> it's been great. Um, my only comment, uh, observation was when I saw the information was, wow, fitting this into two hours is going to be a real um, feat. But um, I think this is a this is a, a wonderful opportunity to bring the different problems and the different issues into one program and be able to look at it and say, here's where there is actually a problem. A person participating will be able to pinpoint in this process what is important in, in their particular case. <clears throat> I, th I think that my goodness, this this program could could spawn uh, several webinars on more detailed um, topics. So this is just a fantastic lineup. The people that you have on this webinar um, read like a who's who, and so I, I just I think this is fantastic. This is a great. Um, a great program from the from the task force and from the advocacy committee. So Debbie, tell us about the webinar platform. This is not just a conference call. So explain no, no. to people what this is and how I know they have to sign up by March 21. So what what is the the process? And okay. and and one question uh, to go along with that is <clears throat> can a a webinar it says to a lot of people, this is going to be a program that's only accessible to people with a computer. So if there's um, another option there too, um, you know, please include that as well. Okay. The webinar is um, entirely accessible. Um, our, our presenters are going to be using documents that they will have prepared, whether it be PowerPoint or some other format. And they will be given to our technical moderator um, in advance. They're in preparation right now. And um, I'm excited to tell you that our technical moderator is Brian Charles. And he calls himself the first dude of ACB. <laughs> of ACB yes. <laughs> he certainly does. And so the first dude is our technical moderator. And he we are using a platform that... Brian found that is totally um, accessible. We will have everything accessible to everyone, mm -hmm. um, including the documents. People will be able to see those documents. Um, they, will, they will have access to everything mm -hmm. that they will possibly need. Okay. And um, we are, we are um, able to have um, a, a phone option. We are working on that now, and what I'm going to say is, if that does not pan out as we are hoping that it will, and 
all of this will be publicized as time goes by, mm -hmm. that the webinar is going to be recorded mm -hmm. in its entirety. Mm -hmm. And it will appear on the ACB um, website. It will be available for download so that if we don't have the necessary platform in place for the telephone, um, people will still have access to the entire webinar. Right. Um, the other thing that we are allowing for is what we decided, since this is such a jam-packed agenda on this webinar, and Carla, as you so accurately pointed out, any one of these components could have been um, a webinar subject matter for two hours. Absolutely. Uh, so, so what we have decided to do is to allow members of people who visit to ask questions, but at the end, mm -hmm. at the end of the webinar. And what we are doing is, as you said, the registration deadline is March 21. I am thrilled to report that this webinar is free of charge, but we are asking people to register. It's a very simple process, but we are asking people to register because since this is a webinar platform, we have to plan that there are virtual seats in the webinar Correct. for every attendee. Mm -hmm. And so all one has to do to register by March 21 is to send a an email to me, Debbie Grubb, and my email is very easy. I'll say it, and then I'll spell it. It's debbiecg at verizon.net, D-E-B-B-I-E-C-G at V-E-R-I-Z-O-N dot N-E-T. And in the subject line, please put special education webinar so that I won't think it's junk mail or spam or something, <laughs> and, and then just give your name and your phone number and email address and say that you would like to re register for the webinar. Um, I will send out a, an, an email message back to you saying that you are registered for the webinar and that approximately a week before the event takes place, you will receive a message from our technical moderator, First Dude, giving you the link to sign into the webinar. So the webinar is open to everyone, but to only all the everyones who register. So that's, that's what we're, we're asking people to do. Um, for people who would like to see details of this event, um, the invitation letter that has been circulated everywhere on, on, the, on the web. People have been wonderful about sharing it far and wide. It also now appears prominently on the ACB website, which, of course, is www.acb.org. It is there. And um, so we, it gives all of the details of what I have gone over here, including the entirety of the webinar program and who is going to be presenting and what they're going to be presenting on. And um, we are going to ask that our technical moderator, once the webinar begins, and we've, we've um, to actually take the questions and deal with this because this is quite a technical thing, and we are thrilled to have someone with Brian's expertise 
to handle this particular part of of the webinar for us. And um, we are certain on the task force this will not be our first foray into this, our last foray, even though it is our first. Mm-hmm. And um, Melanie and Eric are quite sure that based on how this goes, that other committees and task forces will want to use this medium as well. Um, what we find is that it makes this kind of thing available to so many at little or no cost. And people can do it in the privacy of their home or their office or wherever. And again, the event will be recorded to be shared with all. So we are just so excited about having this and, and the, the caliber of people that have worked with me both on the, on the advocacy committee and the special education task force in our work group, the talent, the time, the commitment. And I want to tell you, if it weren't for these people, we would not have the caliber of presenters that we have because everyone knew someone and said, you, we got to ask this person, we got to ask this person. And everyone whom we asked um, said that they would do it. And I think one of the, one of the neatest things that happened, we have, um, we have a representative, as I said earlier, from the Coalition of Schools for the Blind, and he said that he felt that we should have people doing the presentations who were not strictly administrators, but were people who actually were working feet on the ground. And that is really what we have tried to do. And as I Googled um, our presenters, I have absolutely been amazed at the caliber of people who are giving of their Saturday afternoon for this event. Again, the event is from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. It may go a bit longer, but we're going to try to keep it in that two-hour platform on Saturday, March 28th. The time, the time is um, Eastern time, and um, everyone who has registered will, as I said several days before, have all of the information that you need to to log in to to this event and to listen and to pose questions. And so we are just thrilled about this right. and so grateful to you, Carla, for allowing us to publicize this on SoundPrint because this is such a popular program, not only in the state of Kentucky, but now throughout the country. And so thank you for giving me this opportunity to expound a little bit, <laughs> or maybe for some of you it seems like a lot, <laughs> to expound on, on what it is that we're doing and what we hope to achieve. Well, I, I can say I have participated in some webinars, um, not with ACB because this is the first, but I have participated in some webinars uh, that have been conducted by um, various businesses around the country, and they really are easy to 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 become involved um, with, and they're they're just a great medium for reaching a lot of people at uh, with a high quality of um, a, you know a, a platform that really is most of the time high quality. Um, every once in a while, there'll be a problem with it. I mean, every once in a while, you have a problem with anything that has technology. But um, I think that people will find that this is really as a very good way 
to um, to be part of a major program and I'm really pleased that so many people are signing up and are going to be participating. Debbie, this has been great and I wish you all the best on that webinar. I, I, um, I think it's, it's going to be a, a real positive step forward for ACB committees and for the specific topic for the education of, of kids that need special education services. It also um, goes hand in hand with our legislative initiative this year of um, of getting the the Alice Cogswell and Sullivan Macy Act um, back into Congress and uh, having that move positively through Congress as well. So um, there are, are many many things here, many different levels uh, that are going that are being um, addressed in this seminar that are going to affect that act as well so we really appreciate you being with us and are looking forward to march 28 we are too and thank you again carla yeah uh debbie would you give your email one more time so that people will have that um, information on how to sign up how to register absolutely again my email is debbie c g at Verizon dot net D E B B I E C G at V E R I Z O N dot N E T Debbie C G at Verizon dot net. Okay. And they need to um, indicate in the subject line that this is for the special education webinar and you need their name their phone number, and their email. That is correct. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, and looking forward to the webinar. Us too. Thank you again, Carla. The Kentucky Council of the Blind and its chapters provide information, advocacy, activities, and telephone support for people who are blind or visually impaired. Join our email list, visit our website, and of course, listen to Soundprints each and every week. To learn more, call us at 502-895-4598, drop us an email at kcb at igloo.com, or visit our website at kentucky-acb.org. Page 3, The Fact Finder, Volume 1, Number 1, a magazine published by the Associated Blind of Kentucky, affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, Post Office Box 306, Louisville, Kentucky, 40201, President Anna Rose Kane, Vice President Larry Crow, Recording Secretary Jim Shaw, Corresponding Secretary, Carla Franklin. Treasurer, Russ Maple. Your reader is Carla Franklin. About the newsletter. The ABK newsletter is no longer a newsletter. It's a magazine. And since it has a new appearance, it has a new name, The Fact Finder. Some of you have found still another change. The magazine is now published on cassette on a limited basis. By vote of the convention, a cassette fund was established with an initial anonymous donation of $25 with additional money for purchase of 100 tapes and 100 mailing containers taken from the general fund. Convention Roundup. The first two-day convention of the Associated Blind of Kentucky is now history. As you will see from the following article, 
the convention was most informative, addressing itself in every respect to the problems of the blind of the state. The convention opened July 13 at 10 a.m. with Will Ruth, a charter member from Middlesboro, pronouncing the invocation. Carl Dotson, convention chairman, made a few comments concerning scheduling and then turned the gavel over to our president, Anna Rose Kane. In her convention address, Mrs. Kane spoke of the future awaiting ABK. She stressed the importance of total participation by all members. An organization that expects to move forward and get the job done successfully cannot and should not rely upon two or three individuals to do all of the work, she said. ABK is dedicated to serving all visually handicapped individuals in this state, not just a few. A copy of this stirring speech will be included in the next edition of the Fact Finder. The minutes were read and approved. Various committees reported upon their activities. You will find Ways and Means and Public Service Committee activities described later in the magazine. Five amendments were presented to the Assembly. These were as follows. One, officers will be elected every year rather than every two years. Two, the Resolutions Committee was replaced by a Publicity Committee. Three, an individual may seek office without being present at the convention, but he must submit his wishes in writing. Four, amendments to the Constitution must be published to the membership no later than 30 days prior to the convention. Five, since amendments will be published to the membership, they need not be read to the State Convention Assembly 24 hours prior to action by the Assembly. Derbert McDaniel, ACB's national representative in Washington, D.C., gave a report on national legislation of interest to the blind. The Randolph-Shepard Amendment, S2581, caused the greatest concern. The bill had passed the Senate and was awaiting action in the House. Mr. McDaniel asked that each Kentuckian write his congressman and, if possible, all of the Kentucky congressmen supporting this bill. If this bill becomes law, hundreds of thousands of dollars from vending stands and other food services in federal buildings now going to postal workers and other federal employees' unions for flowers, parties, bowling, etc., would be channeled into the vending stand program and thus to the blind. The National Health Plan being presented to Congress will benefit all citizens, especially low-income groups and the handicapped. ABK will naturally support this legislation when the details are made available to us. There is also pending legislation which will permit airlines to reduce fares to handicapped people. At 1 p.m., Ray Edwards of the Social Security Administration explained many aspects of the Social Security law and supplemental security income as they apply to the blind. Questions answered included, who is eligible? How much are the benefits? How much can an individual earn under the programs? Mr. Edwards also answered questions from those in the audience. 
two important points of his address were that under the SSI program, blind children are eligible for benefits and that there are still many persons eligible for benefits who are not receiving them. He asked that each ABK member help the Social Security Administration to locate such persons. If you know of anyone who is not receiving at least $146 a month in benefits at this time, or someone whom you feel might qualify for the program, contact your nearest Social Security office as soon as possible. An address by Ben Kaufman, Director of the Bureau of Rehabilitation, was of much interest to those in attendance. Highlights of the address were, one, all blind persons are now legally considered to be severely handicapped. Such persons cannot be turned away from rehabilitation and services for the blind offices with the excuse you don't qualify. Each case must be given careful consideration and study to meet the needs of further education, employment, and daily living. Two, there is no shortage of funds. Money is now available for vocational training and many other types of rehabilitation assistance. The Department of Rehabilitation will now finance on-the-job training for those wishing to enter a new field of work. Bert Blackwell, well-known longtime reader of talking books at the American Printing House for the Blind, entertained ABK members with his usual outstanding speech. This address will be reproduced in a future issue of the Fact Finder. At 3 p.m., displays and exhibits were shown. An Opticon was demonstrated by Ms. Sandra Sonford, a blind individual employed by the Department of Human Resources. This machine is about the size of a small transistor radio. It enables a blind person to read printed words one letter at a time at a rate of about 60 words per minute. The Opticon costs $3,450. The Bureau of Rehabilitation will give training in the use of the Opticon to those individuals finding it useful in their work. The Library for the Blind and Physically Handicapped at Frankfurt exhibited equipment and reading material, including a talking book machine, Perkins Braille Writer, the newest four-track, two-speed cassette tape player, and books and magazines in Braille and on record. Dina Wilson, the Director of Library Services, and Adam Rushable, her assistant, took reader requests and suggestions. A small display of AIDS for the Blind was pre presented by Marie McCullough, a Louisville housewife who is totally blind. Included in the exhibit were a Braille thermometer, Braille travel clock, pie slicer, bacon crisper, and other aids for the home. All exhibits were received with great enthusiasm. We hope to have a much larger exhibit at future conventions. 4 p.m. was a time devoted to regional meetings. Members from Louisville and Owensboro met in separate groups to discuss problems and possible solutions. Meetings on recreation for the blind and the organization of a sewing and or homemaking club followed. More details on these topics will be coming to you from time to time. 
The banquet was a great success. Everyone had all the food they could eat. The winning ticket in the raffle was drawn. Prizes were awarded to those persons selling the most chance books and door prizes were given away. A certificate of honorary membership was awarded to Reverend Robert O. Williams, pastor of Clifton Baptist Church in the Crescent Hill area of Louisville. Brother Williams assisted members of ABK last March during their participation in the St. Patrick's Day Parade in Louisville. Judge Reese Robrand of Kansas, second president of the American Council of the Blind, gave the after-dinner address, the topic being civil rights legislation for the blind. In Judge Robrand's home state, a civil rights bill forbidding discrimination against the blind has become law. On Sunday morning at 10 a.m., Billy Elder, second vice president of ACB and an instructor at the Arkansas Enterprises for the Blind in Little Rock, presented a leadership seminar. She stressed the vital responsibility that ABK, ACB, and other organizations for the blind have to meet all of the needs of the visually handicapped, whether they be educational, vocational, social, or otherwise. She emphasized the importance of proper funding of the state and national organization to ensure that ABK and ACB will continue to serve the blind. And, most important of all, Mrs. Elder stated that the blind must help themselves, that they, as individuals and as a strong organization, must go forward to those in local, state, and national government and make their desires and needs well known. Sections of this inspiring two-hour session will be appearing from time to time in this magazine. Oral Miller, a former student of the Kentucky School for the Blind who is now an attorney with the Small Business Administration in Washington and convention coordinator for ACB, discussed the availability of loans to handicapped individuals wishing to begin or expand a small business. These loans are made at a low rate of 3% by the federal government. If a blind individual cannot obtain needed financial aid in this area from state rehabilitation or conventional loan agencies, he should apply for a loan at the nearest office of the Small Business Administration. Abstracts of this speech will also be forthcoming later. The final business session of the convention followed at 2.30, the minutes of which will be published in the next edition of the Fact Finder. As you have seen, the weekend of July 13 and 14 was a busy but informative and profitable time for ABK. We who were in attendance hope that many others will find it possible to attend the next such event of the organization. Find books and more in accessible media with APH's free-of-charge Louis database. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot A-P-H dot org. Locate accessible educational materials from nearly 200 different agencies. APH products and textbooks can also be located using Louis. New extended searching now available with free Louis Plus. Visit soon. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot A-P-H dot org. Many book materials help Braille users jot notes quickly. 
Pull APH's mini-book Braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the mini-book slate in just seconds. Materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you. Call the American Printing House for the Blind, toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. Page 4. Sound Prints is heard each week on ACB Radio, beginning at 10 p.m. on Sunday evening, Eastern Time, and repeating every other hour through 8 p.m. on Monday, Eastern Time. The ACB Cafe channel on ACB Radio brings you music 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, from blind musicians and artists from around the world. Music includes, but is not limited to, comedy, country, easy listening, jazz, pop, and rock. ACB Radio Interactive is choice number four from the telephone menu. It is an interactive stream that brings you all kinds of music from blind DJs from around the world. The kind of music depends on which DJ is on the air. If there is no DJ broadcasting on Interactive, Music is played from the vast library, so you are never without music to go through the day. On Sunday, from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., you'll hear Encouragement for the Journey with Denny Huff and Chip Haley from Missouri. From 3 to 5 is Joe's Joint, Music from a British Perspective. 5 to 8 is Oldies and More with Radio Rick, Music from the 50s through the 70s. 8 to 11 it's Country with Deb. On Monday at 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. is the Good Energy Mix. Join Debbie Hazelton as she sparks your Monday with live music and fun conversation. 1 to 3 p.m. is Reese's Pieces. Join Shannon Reese as she brings you great music and very lively conversations. From 6 to 8 p.m. is The Jazz Guys with Chris Gray and Don Thompson. Join Chris and Don as they take you back in time with jazz music from the 20s through the 60s. They will also talk about many of the jazz greats of all times. From 8 p.m. to midnight is Pemberton's Basement. Join Jim Pemberton for those lost tracks that you don't hear anymore, not even on oldie stations. On Tuesday, 3 p.m. to 5 is Reg's Good Stuff. Brings you great stuff from a collection, including his own collection. 7 to 10 p.m. In the Quiet, Debbie Hazelton brings you soft and relaxing music. On Wednesday, from 1 to 4, Worship Unlimited with Alex Banwell. Three hours of Christian music of all genres ranging from traditional hymns to modern, contemporary, and from country to southern gospel, with plenty of room for listener requests and interaction. On Thursday, from 3 to 5, you'll hear Patton Place. Lynn and Joe bring you a wide variety of music and lots of humor. 6 to 9 is the Yin Yang Show with Brian Charlson and Rick Morin. Brian and Rick play pairs of songs with opposite meanings. 9 p.m. to midnight is Global Beat. And Sylvia brings you great international music. 
Friday at 9 a.m., you'll hear a new song with Deb, contemporary Christian music designed to uplift and encourage you. Conversation and requests as well. 1 to 2 p.m. is Happy Hour with DJ Bex. DJ Bex will bring you great music to get you through the rest of your Friday and start you off on a happy note for the weekend. 7 to 10 p.m. is the Friday Night Free-for-All with Larry T. Have you had a hectic week at work or school? Are you ready to celebrate the weekend? If you answered yes to all of these questions, then the Friday Night Free-for-All is for you. You can either sit back and relax or get up and dance as Larry Turnbull plays those great hits from the 70s through the 80s. 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. is the Radio Storm, originating right here from Louisville, Kentucky. Join Michael McCarty and Angie as they play great music and take your requests. Saturday, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., Saturday Morning Oldies with Rick and Deb. Rick and Deb will start you off on Saturday with great oldies from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, as well as have fun conversations with you. 1 to 4 p.m. is the Big Fun Show. Join Dan Kaiser as he brings you great comedy and novelty music for your Saturday afternoon. 4 to 6 p.m. is Cruisin' Show with Ann Sylvia. Ann Sylvia plays those great cruisin' oldies for your Saturday. 6 to 9 p.m. is the Desert Skies. Join Jeff Bishop as he plays great tunes from the 70s and 80s, as well as giving you the latest technology news. And 9 p.m. to midnight is Anything and Everything. Join Kevin Miner from Lexington as he plays all kinds of music from the 40s to today. The ACB World News and Information Channel is one of the newer channels on ACB Radio. It's really not new, but it hasn't been around as long as the others. And it is number five from the menu on the telephone. This channel brings you the latest news and information from several sources, including Radio Australia, Public Radio International, Canadian Broadcasting, British Broadcasting, and Voice of America. The following programs air at the same time each day of the current week. From midnight to 2 a.m., cross-country checkup from CBC. 2 to 3 a.m., global news from the BBC. 3 to 4 a.m., Pacific Beat from Radio Australia. 4 to 5 a.m., The World from Public Radio International. 5 to 6 a.m., Democracy Now! from Pacifica. The above schedule repeats every six hours around the clock until 6 p.m. the following evening. ACB Live Event is the newest channel in the ACB Radio family, and it is number six from the telephone menu. Live Event only has programming when there are special events being streamed onto that channel. For example, Live Event carries conventions from states that live stream. It also carried the ACB President's Meeting, the legislative seminar, and it also will bring you information from the ACB convention. A schedule for live event programming is not available. For more information about ACB Radio, visit www.acbradio.org.
Page 5. The Soundprints Calendar. Unless otherwise indicated, you can join conference calls listed on this calendar by dialing 605-475-6006 and entering the code 294444. Bluegrass Council of the Blind Activities are held at the BCB office located at 1093 South Broadway, Suite 1230 in Lexington. You do need to register for BCB events, so give them a call at 859-259-1834. Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Activities are held at the United Crescent Hill Ministries located at 150 South State Street in Louisville. Registration for GLCB events can be made by calling us at 502-895-4598. On March 12, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold their monthly conference call meeting at 7 p.m. by calling 605-475-4700. Enter the code 155619. For more information about NKCB, call Jerry Slusher at 859-781-7369. On March 13, GLCB will hold its Friday activities, Education and Technology from 3.30 to 6, with a special program that will be a recipe exchange at about 4.15. 6 to 6.15 is dinner, $5 per person, and 7 to 10 p.m. is games and crafts. On March 13 and 14, there will be a Reader's Theater at APH, the American Printing House for the Blind, 7 to 9 p.m. on March 13, and repeated from 1 to 3 p.m. on March 14. The APH Museum Reader's Theater Troupe presents a festival of new plays by blind playwrights. No props, no lights, no costumes. Actors read the script in Braille. Free, limited space best for adults and older children. Register by calling the museum at 502-899-2213. On March 14, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Board will meet at 10 a.m. on the conference line. March 15, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold its membership meeting. This is rescheduled from this past week. The time is 4 to 6 p.m. at the Bluegrass Council of the Blind Lexington office. Call 859-259-1834 for more information. On March 15, the KSB alumni will hold its board meeting at 8 p.m. on the conference line. And on March 16, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its board meeting at 8 p.m. also on the conference line. On March 20 will be another GLCB Friday. Give us a call to check on the special program for that day. March 21 is a Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Dine-Out, 4.30 to 7 p.m. at Buckhead Mountain Grill, Gardner Lane Shopping Center, 3020 Bardstown Road in Louisville. Call GLCB for more information and to sign up. On March 22, ACB Families will hold its next monthly conference call meeting at 9 p.m. Give us a call for more information and the conference line number. On March 23, Guide Dog Users of Kentucky will hold a membership meeting at 7 p.m. on the conference line. On March 25, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold its next VIP meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office in Lexington. 
Lunch and program are included. The lunch is at noon, the program at 1, and it will be presented by Independent Living Specialist Jenny Ward from the Kentucky Office for the Blind. March 27 is the next GLCB Friday. Education and technology from 3.30 to 6. Dinner at 6.15, $5 per person. Games and crafts from 7 to 10. March 27 to 29 is the short-term weekend retreat. This weekend retreat is for visually impaired Kentucky students in grades 6 to 12. It will be held at the Kentucky School for the Blind, 1867 Frankfurt Avenue in Louisville. For more information, call the school at 502-897-1583. And on March 31 is the next demonstrating assistive technology and accessibility training from 5 to 6 p.m. at the Bluegrass Council office. Be sure to call ahead to register for this activity. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at com. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody. Well, I'm